From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast, presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. It is Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. Health officials in Ohio say the state appears to be nearing a plateau when it comes to new COVID-19 cases. The Ohio Department of Health reported yesterday more than 18,000 new cases, which is about 1,000 fewer cases than last Monday. The state's positivity rate is 27.5%. The state's moving average graph shows we are hovering around an average of 20,000 new cases per day. Looking at Ohio's current vaccination numbers, more than 64% of people 5 and older and more than 70% of adults have gotten at least one shot. DNA testing has confirmed that a bone found in an SUV pulled last fall from the Ohio River in Indiana is from an Ohio woman who vanished with her two young children in 2002. Indiana State Police announced earlier today that Dearborn County's coroner learned Friday the bone was confirmed as belonging to Stephanie Van Wen. The Delphi Township, Ohio woman was 26 years old when she disappeared in April 2002 with her children after leaving a note saying she was going to drive into the Ohio River. Authorities say that after the SUV was found in October in the river, investigators used DNA testing to confirm that the bone found inside was from when. Two people from Swanton, 20 miles west of Toledo, accepted a plea deal yesterday after being arrested for their participation in the U.S. Capitol insurrection last January. Tracy Townsend reports. Madison Pettit and Gabrielle Burris pleaded guilty to one count each of parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. According to court records, the maximum penalty is six months in prison, five years probation, and a $5,000 fine. The couple was first charged last August in U.S. District Court in Cleveland. An online tip led to their arrest. The two will be sentenced in March. I'm Tracy Townsend. Pettit and Burris are among the 38 Ohioans who have been arrested and charged in connection with last year's riots. The destruction by fire last week of a six-story, 120-year-old building in downtown Zanesville has leaders working on what comes next. Richard Solomon reports. The Zanesville Masonic Temple was a marker in the community. Bob Grayson was the building manager. One of the most beautiful buildings downtown. Don Mason, the mayor of Zanesville. Our number one concern is health and safety. Your first instinct is how can we rebuild from here? The mayor and Grayson are working together to see if that's possible. We're really hoping that some of this can be saved so it can be built upon. The temple meant so much to so many, and that's why Grayson will make sure its legacy and history lives on. Richard Solomon in Zanesville. In central Ohio, the Gahanna Jefferson Public Schools made history as its new Board of Education members were sworn in last week. Andrew Kinsey explains. Dion Manley was elected in November and is believed to be the first openly transgender person to hold a public office in the state of Ohio. Last Thursday, along with Sue Horn and Kira Coates, Manley was sworn in to office to serve a four-year term. He says for him, it speaks volume for the voters to make inclusion and diversity a main priority. So enjoying being embraced and supported and respected and just welcomed like I never imagined. I could never have imagined how, the, how great this feels. I'm Andrew Kinsey. The pandemic can make it more difficult for homeless people to stay warm. Marissa Sines has more with Chris Nestrick, executive director of a homeless coalition. The Northeast Ohio Coalition for the Homeless says at least 150 to 200 people are homeless in the inner city, greater Cleveland area alone. We know there's a possibility that people could 
you know, freeze to death outside. The dynamic this winter still impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. The libraries and stuff are currently shut down, and so it's a little bit concerning that people might not have the places they typically go to to stay warm in this cold weather. I'm Marissa Signs. Doctors are encouraging people to be heart healthy in the new year. Tracy Townsend has more with a doctor from Ohio State University's Wexner Medical Center. Dr. Joshua Joseph says less than one out of five individuals are meeting targets for A1C, the three-month diabetes blood sugar number, blood pressure, cholesterol, and not smoking status. Dr. Joseph says left uncontrolled, those lead to higher rates of heart disease. So you need to talk with your doctor about the right medication, nutrition, and physical activity 150 minutes every week. I'm Tracy Townsend. The Environmental Protection Agency is taking its first major action to address toxic wastewater from coal-burning power plants. The EPA says plants in Ohio, Indiana, and Iowa will have to close coal ash ponds months or years ahead of schedule. Coal ash is the substance that remains when coal is burned to generate electricity. It can pollute waterways, poison wildlife, and cause respiratory illness among those living near massive ponds where the waste is stored. The action marks the first time the EPA has enforced a 2015 rule aimed at reducing groundwater pollution from coal-fired power plants. According to the National Fire Protection Agency, heating sources are the second leading cause of home fires and home fire injuries, especially during frigid winter months. Andrew Kinsey has some tips on how to stay safe. Columbus Battalion Chief Steve Martin has this advice for staying warm and safe this winter. The most important thing that you can do to save your life and the lives of your families are to make sure that you have working smoke alarms in the house. Encourage everybody to give them a test once every 30 days or so. Make sure that they are still audible when you hit the test button. If you have a space here, the best practice is to give it space. Chief Martin says keeping about three feet of clear area around that heater will keep you as safe as possible. I'm Andrew Kinsey. Workers at a Starbucks in Cleveland are following the lead of some other coffee shops around the country. Russ Mitchell explains. Workers at a local Starbucks are looking to unionize. Some 20 workers at the Starbucks on West 6th Street downtown filed their papers with the National Labor Relations Board. Workers have already filed for union representation at other Starbucks in Buffalo, Boston, Chicago, and Seattle. The company is not commenting. I'm Russ Mitchell. The American Red Cross says the country's blood supply is at a dangerously low level. Angela Ann has more. Lower donor turnout, severe weather, and cancel drives all contributing to this shortage. The nonprofit is also struggling with staffing shortages. They say centers across the country are reporting less than one day's supply of certain types of blood. You can help by scheduling an appointment to donate at redcrossblood.org. I'm Angela Ann. Sources say Ohio State football coach Ryan Day has selected a new offensive line coach. Dom Tiberi has the details. Justin Fry, who's been at UCLA the past four years, also serving as the offensive coordinator there, looks to be the new man in charge of the Ohio State offensive line. Fry was also the line coach at Temple and Boston College, where he worked with Ryan Day at both schools. Fry is considered one of the top line coaches in the United States. For the Ohio News Network, I'm Dom Tiberi reporting. 
And Stetson Bennett delivered the biggest throws of his storybook career, and Georgia's defense sealed the sweetest victory in program history, vanquishing rival Alabama 33-18 to win the college football playoff title game last night. Dave James has more. The Bulldogs won their first national title in 41 years. Bennett connected with Adane Mitchell on a 40-yard touchdown to give Georgia a 19-18 lead with eight minutes to go. He then hooked up with Brock Bowers for a 15-yard TD on a screen to put the Bulldogs up by eight with 333 left. The final blow came from the defense. Keely Ringo intercepted an underthrown deep ball down the sideline by Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young and returned it 79 yards for a touchdown. Dave James, I went in new. In the eight seasons since the current playoff system was developed, Alabama has made seven appearances, making it to the championship game six times. They are three and three in those games. Special thanks to affiliate stations WBNS-TV in Columbus, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, and WTOL-TV in Toledo for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.